This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, joining us right now, General Manager of the Boston Celtics, Danny Ainge, brought to you by ARS Restoration Specialists. Call 877-461-1111 or ARSServe.com. And by SBLI, dependable, no-nonsense life insurance at a price you can live with. Call 888-GET-SBLI or visit SBLI.com. And by your local Boston-area Mercedes-Benz dealers. And the complete lineup of Mercedes-Benz Formatic all-wheel drive vehicles. Call, uh, visit MBUSA.com to schedule a test drive today. Uh, line that one. Danny, it's uh, Dale and Kirk. How are you? Dale and Kirk, how are you guys today? Hey, Danny. Great. Do you, now, do you go to sleep the night before trade deadline day? Do you get up at 5 a.m. and start working? How does trade deadline day work? Uh, we were up late last night. Uh, I guess we were working, but we were also uh, watching the Celtics game with as a staff in the office. Uh, game went late, of course, all the way to the end. So we were up late into the hour. But, yeah, I slept good last night. Obviously, um, with the unfortunate medical news on Chris Wilcox, you, you have a need on your team that needs to be filled. Are you optimistic you'll be able to address at least that need by the end of the day today? I hope so. Um, not, not necessarily by the end of the day today uh, through trade, but we'll have to get somebody eventually. And uh, we'll see what goes on in, in the trade to see if any players of size uh, come our way. It's going to be really hard. I, you know, I don't see a way that we're going to replace Chris Wilcox um, and Jermaine O'Neal for anybody of their quality through a trade unless we give up something that we really value that we won't, uh, you know, one of our starting players. That's just not going to happen. So we're going to have to find a way to get um, a, serviceable, a serviceable big man. Danny, would you care to confirm the Jack McMullen story from last Friday that said that Larry Bird saying that it was Hansborough in a first-round pick for Ray Allen? Is that the kind of stuff you're looking for for these veteran guys here by this deadline? Well, I won't confirm right. that uh, anything I talk about in trades, nor should other GMs confirm anything we're talking about in trades. Yeah. Um, but, yes, I would say that, that, that you know, we, we have a, a high price, you know, a, a, a young player. I mean, Tyler Hansborough is, uh, I'm, I'm not supposed to talk about any specific players, but um, the player mentioned, you know, uh, uh, off-the-bench player in a first-round pick. I think those are, are realistic and, and fair expectations. Is that what you're – but, I mean, is that what you're looking at with, with – just say, for instance, an Allen or a Garnett. Is that, so that's the kind of thing you're looking at when you're asking around. That's sort of the starting the starting point. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I have no desire to, to move anybody on our team. Um, it's just, you know, I have to look, and, I, and, and so far I have nothing. Uh, we don't have anything that we're really excited about. Right now, and if somebody steps up and ups their offers today, you know, who knows what might happen by the trade deadline. But I'm prepared and comfortable with um, letting the season played out. And if somebody wants to throw in first-round draft picks or give, you know, uh, quality young players, um, you know, that's something we have to consider. 
knowing that you can't and won't get into specifics, I'm, I'm curious about a philosophical discussion in terms of trading. Do you have a philosophical uh, disagreement about the notion of trading any anybody off your team to a team that you've got to compete with in the Eastern Conference? Would you avoid dealing with an Eastern Conference team, in other words? No. I would do a deal for, with any team if it, if it helped us. Um, I would, you know, I just think that you have to do that. I mean, there's teams I'd prefer to deal with, but if there's a deal that helps us get to our goals, um, I'm not, a, I'm not afraid of the competition. I mean, I'm, you know, in this, at this trade deadline, you know, the teams that are going to want veteran type players might be teams that are trying to contend. So we're aware of that, and but I would, it wouldn't prevent me from talking to anybody. It's fair to say that you have a couple of players, at least, with expiring contracts who still have some basketball tread on the tires who would be very attractive options for other teams. So is it fair to say that you're fielding more phone calls than normal asking about guys off your roster? You know, it's, it, Dale, it's always a busy time this time of year. Uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm fielding more. Uh, you know, I think that because of the circumstances that our roster is in, um, I think that it actually uh, eliminates half the league from being interested uh, because a lot of teams are young and building through youth and, and you know, preparing for the draft and, you know, headed toward the lottery. And, I mean, half the league isn't even involved in the discussions with, with us. So I think that there's um, teams at different phases and that they have different goals and so I think the the circle of interest is small. Would you say, Danny, that you've been even close to pulling the trigger or making what we would consider around here a big deal here so far during this process this year? No. Have not been. Have not been close just because I don't feel like we need to. And um it, you know, I don't want to move the guys, but if if again I have to listen. And if there's something that comes available, then we'll, we'll, we'll pull the trigger. But uh, as based on some of the offers that we've had and the interest, it's just not worth it. You know, I think Ashrod Blakely had it the other day where you said you were not going to trade Rondo. Now, I think if you, you know, I would imagine if a deal came across you like, you may do it. But are you going to stick to that, that there is no chance that Rondo will be traded today? Well, we haven't even had discussions about Rondo. Like, I don't even know where all this stuff goes. I mean, he hasn't even been mentioned since the summertime. So you haven't talked Rondo with, with any team since the start of the season? No. I mean, well, I've, I've, I've fielded calls, and there's been some interest because of all the media discussion, mm-hmm. but I have not reached out to anybody. I asked Doc this question last week about his relationship with Rajon Rondo, and he told us that, that it's as good as it's ever been. How would you describe, how would you characterize your relationship with Rondo? Well, you know, I have a great relationship with Rondo. Um, We talk often, and, you know, mine is different. You know, Doc is sort of like the the disciplined father, and I'm sort of like the grandfather that sits up there and, you know, comes in and tries to make peace. And, uh, you know, Doc is doing his job as a coach to push and uh, expect a lot out of Rajon day in and day out. and, and, And when things aren't going well, I can come in and try to, calm them both down and, and get them to see a bigger picture. And I think that Rondo and I have a, have a very good relationship. And I think Doc and Rondo's relationship has grown a great deal over, the, over this year. 
Do you get frustrated, as fans do, and I'll speak for myself here as a Celtics fan, do you get frustrated with lack of consistency issues with Rondo? Oh, listen, Dale, I, I think that lack of consistency issues goes with everybody. I think that with, you know, when you reach the all-star level, and um, I think that you, you know, expectations become great, and you play every single night. Like, I think Rondo has been playing extremely consistent, but last night I don't think he he played all that well, and I don't think that uh, Ray and Paul played all that well. You know, uh, KG and Brandon played fantastic last night, which sort of saved the day. Um, but I think that uh, consistency is an issue for everybody, and not any more so for him than anybody else. Are you surprised? I am, anyways. Are you surprised that Garnett has been able to play at this level and stay healthy this season? I thought he'd play well, but for him to play the way he's played lately, Danny, given his age and the miles he has in his tires, pretty remarkable. You know, he started out the season slow, and he's been playing fantastic. Uh, over the last, nobody could have seen this coming. Um, I think everybody was writing his obituary in the first month of the season, and, and uh, now he is playing really well, and he looks young and fresh and enthusiastic, and you got to hand it to KG. I mean, he's a real pro. The guy uh, works extremely hard and is very professional. Uh, I'm a big, big fan. And, you know, I would say the same thing with, with Ray and Paul. I mean, those guys, you know, they can't get it done every night. Um, but, you know, every now and then they have flashbacks, and they're pretty special. And they're special people because of uh, just – what they've been able to accomplish in their careers, but how they're able to still um, go out and outplay younger, more athletic guys with their mind and their will um, and their and their skill level. And that, I, I've been impressed by all three of those guys. So you'd say it's more likely, from your perspective, that Allen and Garnett might be back next year with new deals than move somewhere else today, for example. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I don't know uh, about next year. I don't know where their heads are. Um, uh, you know, they'll be, they'll be free agents. They'll be able to go to teams of their choice. We haven't discussed that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's been – well, actually, we haven't discussed specifics, but we have actually talked. I've talked with both of them in great detail about how they see their future and, and everything else. I mean, I think that there's uh, – you, you, they're at the age where they're starting to – prepare for life after basketball and I mean they'll they'll go through all this I've been through this as a player and I remember it vividly and so that but they haven't made any decisions on on what they plan to do in the future it's probably an indication of the character of the players on your roster right now that it's less of a problem for you and the Celtics than it is elsewhere but as 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 an observer some of us get the sense that some franchises are being held hostage by the players in their organization that Mike D'Antoni has to resign because Carmelo Anthony doesn't want him to be the coach anymore, that, that Dwight Howard is told he can decide the, the coach and GM's fate if he'll just stay in Orlando. At times, as an observer of the game and as a guy who works in the game, do you think that the players have too much clout and too much say? Listen, there's, there's a lot of people that can do my job. There's a lot of people that can do Mike D'Antoni's job. <laughs> And there's, you know, very, very few that can do what Dwight Howard does and, and Carmelo Anthony. They're, they're special players, and, and uh, you know, the fans come to watch them perform. 
and the transcendent players in our game are are what make successful franchises. It's nothing new, Danny, right? Westhead with Magic. I mean, it it goes back. Right. It it, it is nothing new. I mean, I think that, um, listen, every decision that I make in this organization um, over the past five or six years, I've consulted with those guys for a couple of reasons. First of all, I have a great deal of respect for my players and what they've accomplished, and they know players, and they know what guys' habits are in off-season, and they know and they, and they have a certain opinion of guys they play against. And I know as a player, I had felt like I had a great feel for you know, who every guy in the league was that I played against night in and night out. And so I, I consult with all our players. Now, I'm going to make the final decision, but I certainly seek their input and feel like and value their opinions. And um, I'll continue to do that. I think Rondo's a guy that's very sharp, and um, he's a guy that, that observes the game and is a big fan of the game and watches others play. So, yeah, I think that I'm, I'm not surprised. I think it's blown out of proportion a little bit. This, is, this has been going on for years. I guarantee you when I was playing with the Celtics, uh, nothing happened in our organization without Larry knowing about it. So just let me just backtrack real quick, Danny. So the – Steph Curry stuff, I've been reading the Gasol stuff, the Westbrook stuff. That's just, for Rondo, that's all baloney. You have not had any discussions. None of that stuff has happened since the start of the season. Well, you know, so to, just to clarify, and this, this goes with all trades, there's a, you know, I'm not going to confirm or deny any of that. I'm just telling you, I would never do those deals. I'd never called and picked up and asked about those deals, but um, I get phone calls regularly. Um, about Rondo, and especially as the the rumor mill started happening, people just were assuming that it was all true. And so I did get phone calls as a result of those rumors, but um, none of those conversations uh, had second conversations or third conversations. They were done. If I set the over-under at 50-50 that you make a deal by 3 p.m. today, would you take the over or the under? Um yeah, that's that's a tough one. I think it's fifty-fifty, um, but it, you know, it may be a small deal. It may be uh, not as exciting as what people may expect. But um, we're we're working hard. We'll work hard the rest of the day till till three o'clock. Are you someone who believes that that there can be a psychological benefit to a team to making a deal, an indication that management and ownership is there to try to help them get over the hump? Yeah, I think I, I think um, there are times. Where I do believe that, yes. Would this be one of those times? I don't think I, I don't think so. I think our team has great chemistry, and our team is uh, maximizing its its talent level. I don't think that there's necessarily a change that's needed, um, other than we need to we need to uh, bolster up our front line just to to eat away minutes of KG and Brandon. They're playing a ton of minutes. Hey, Danny, it's Meter. How you doing, man? Meter, how are you today? I'm good, thanks. Hey, You've I don't... been quiet. I've never well. seen this quiet before. <laughs> we <laughs> turned his mics off. <laughs> Danny, you know, I don't know how you're going to concentrate today with Marquette BYU at noon. Oh, that'll be exciting. I, I, you know what? I've actually even forgot about that, but that's uh, that'll be fun. That's tough working up against the deadline, but if the playoffs started today, you're playing Miami. What's the Dan- Danny Ainge game plan to beat the Heat? Well, you know, I mean, you have to take care of the basketball. I mean, it, it all starts with that. If you give them easy points in transition, uh, you have no chance. And I think that that's where Miami, 
they get their crowd going, they get themselves going when they make easy baskets in transition. So you've got to emphasize that. You've got to just take care of the basketball and execute your half-court offense. If you can keep turnovers in the single digits, I think you have a chance against Miami. But Miami's very special. They're, they have a loaded team. They have good shooting, and, and they have uh, you know, two of the elite athletes in the game. Final question before we let you go. You mentioned that, that you would always discuss deals with the, the, the veteran guys on your team because you have such respect for them. Have, have the veteran guys on your team ever talked you out of a trade? Well, you know, I don't really talk to them when, uh, you know, I talk to them about ideas and, and players and, give, and, and, they, and I take their feedback on players that I maybe should be looking at that I might not be looking at. Once I've sort of gotten their feedback, uh, you know, I work out, you know, trades and details and my staff, we work hard to make things happen. But um, I don't know if I've taken a trade that I want to do to, at that stage and then they talked me out of it. Um, I think it's usually at a different time of the, of the trade process that I have conversation with them. I guess I wondered if they tried to talk you out of the Kendrick Perkins trade. Um, no, they did not. No, but we did, we did consult about that. We, I've talked about this many times before, Dale. I'm surprised yep. you don't know the answer. Oh, no, no, I, but sometimes people listening don't know the answer. Okay. And that's what I was wondering about. Right. I always appreciate the time. I know it's a busy day for you. At least I hope it's a busy day for you today, besides watching NCAA basketball. I hope it's a hectic day for you, and then that'll be fun for all of us. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks Danny. Thanks, Danny. That is uh, Danny Ainge, general manager of the uh, Boston Celtics, who uh, – doesn't expect, I don't think, based on what he said, a huge deal to come down the pike between now and 3 o'clock. Well, I mean, yeah. What I took away from that was that he has not initiated, according to him, any talk about, about trading Rajon Rondo, Rondo since the start of the season. It's basically he, since Chris Paul got traded. He was absolutely unequivocal about that. And and basically, he said he did make that offer for Ray Allen, for Hansborough. Without saying it, he said that offer was made as well. So, Just thinks other GMs shouldn't necessarily say that. Well, God love him, though. <laughs> <laughs> You get the sense that it's frosty when he and Larry get together. Uh, a little bit, maybe. Yeah, that, you know, bit. there's not two competitive not a, uh, fires. There's not a big man hug it's going a big on. Bro- big brother, little brother thing going. That on. That sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, I, like I pictured when Houston was in town, and and you know Kevin and Kevin McHale was here. That you know Danny and Kevin probably had a big man hug. Yeah, they're going to Strager. I'm playing the role of John right. Dennis here. They're going to Str- <laughs> going to Strager for a romantic dinner, but maybe not so much with Bird. I was just guessing that. Uh, The Patriots apparently have another visit scheduled. We told you earlier, Anthony Gonzalez expected to arrive uh, as early as tomorrow, wide receiver from the Colts, to visit with the Patriots. Uh, Ian Rappaport, who apparently never sleeps, never rests, uh, has another visit that they have scheduled for this weekend. We'll tell you about that when we come back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.